So I want to give a little direction on the video because the people that are going to be watching this via video are, um, need a little bit of, of direction because it's a little bit different than normal. This is a very practical teaching. When I say practical, I mean we're literally going to practice what we're talking about tonight. So first of all, if you're watching this video, if you don't have a journal, go get a notebook or a notepad or something because you're going to need it in the middle of this session. In our group right here, if you haven't picked up a journal, if you don't have a journal, there's some over on the table. They're, they're for you. Go ahead and pick one up and take it. They're not, nothing fancy. Went to the dollar store, filled up a basket, but they're there available for you. So go pick up a journal. So if you're at home, get your journal. If you're here, get a journal. The other thing I want to tell the people that are watching online is that we are going to have one, possibly two opportunities to really deeply seek the Lord, talk to him personally, one-on-one -on -one tonight, and hear back from God. And we're going to be writing what we hear. So there's going to be long times of silence tonight. And if you're on the video, that's, you know, that's kind of weird. So what we recommend that you do is put the video on pause. Kent is going to cut out the silent time for the video. You do your journaling. You seek God. I'll give you the direction. And then push play when you're ready and continue the teaching. So I think we're set. Okay. Yes, honey. Oh, thank you. Thank you. One more thing Kent wanted me to tell you. On the video, where, where you, when you go to the media tab, so let me explain a little bit. You go to Jesus Christ Heals Today, and at the top, the tabs are, are the tab where you get the, the videos. It's called media. And when you get there and you go to the video, there is a, another tab where it says PDF of the study guide. So if you're at home, can I borrow yours for just a sec? If you're at home and you click on PDF, you're going to get the same handout that the people have here. And this has all the notes that they have. So go ahead, open up that PDF on your computer screen or print it out or however you get your, your PDFs from the computer. Okay, thank you, honey. Discerning God's voice. Discerning God's voice. In John, in the Gospel of John, especially John, Jesus talks to us numerous times that we hear his voice. He's our shepherd. We hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. Jesus says, I know my sheep, and they follow me. So the truth is, the Bible says we hear his voice. One of the keys to hearing God's voice is believing his word, believing that we can hear his voice, because the Bible says so. The Bible says we hear his voice. This voice that we're talking about tonight, we talked in the past weeks about many different ways that we can hear the voice of God. But today I want to talk about the still, small voice of God. I'm just going to start with, with the first line here. God's whispered voice, this whispered voice, this still, smile at vo still smile, silent voice is the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts, speaking the heart of the Father directly to the heart of the child. This is a beautiful Benny Hinn quote. The Holy Spirit takes the voice of the Father and of the Son and makes it quiet, lovely, and perfectly clear. We have that Holy Spirit to speak to us. 
I am going to share with you a, a, several suggestions to help you to tune into the voice of God, the silent, the whispered voice of God, that still small voice of God. This is an exclusive list. There's many, many ways we can hear from God. But these are some of the ways that help me to hear from God. And if it helps me, I want to share what helps me. You know my heart right now during this season in my life is the way that God's revealing his heart to me and helping me and walking with me through my journey. It's not just for me. It's for every one of his kids. So that's why it's so much on my heart to share this with you because it's been very powerful in my life during this season. So the first suggestion I have is to put, is to put yourself in a position to pay attention to his presence. He's always here. He never leaves us. He's never forsakes us. But if we position ourselves in that place to pay attention to his presence, we're more likely to hear his voice. I've given you a few ways that I tune in to his presence. One is through praise and worship. It's probably my number one way because the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. And when we're in that place of worship, it's something special. There's something so tender because your focus is on him. Your focus isn't on the busyness of the day. Your focus is on God. And when you're a heart to heart, face to face, your heart crying out to your father, you are sensitive to his presence. So praise and worship is the first place to position yourself in his presence. Another one is gratitude and thanksgiving. When you are remembering what God has done for you, when you are thinking back over the season that you're in, or maybe earlier in your life, or maybe you're paying attention to what God has done in his word, the accounts of healing that he's done in his word. But when you're focusing on what God has done, what God has gifted you, your focus is on him. When you're thankful, when you're grateful, your focus is on him and your attention is on who he is. And in that case, you're eyes are on his presence. You're positioning yourself in his presence. A third way that we can position ourselves in his presence is nature. It's one of the ways I position myself in his presence because he created it. If you're in that quiet woods, if you're on the lake, if you're sitting on your deck and you're just, just quiet all around you, that's a beautiful place to position yourself in his presence. We're not worshiping creation. We're worshiping the creator of that um, beautiful creation. But for me, that's another place where I can just really focus and tune in to the heart of God. So that's number one. My first suggestion is to position yourself in his presence. Number two, quiet yourself. In this world that we live in, we're often not very quiet. So we need to make it a point to quiet ourselves. The first thing I think that is important is to remove distractions. That's why I just turned the ringer off on my phone because things like this can really distract us. My phone during my prayer time is, out, is upside down. I usually do have it with me, I will admit, but it's upside down on the table next to me. I don't 
take time to look at my mail and my notifications and my Facebook and all of that before my prayer time. That is not first priority in my life. So put it aside. You don't want that thing to be a distraction. Another thing that is often a distraction is the stuff in your brain. You can be all alone in your prayer chair, in a room with the door closed, and your brain is distracting you. So strategy that I use, if there's something in my brain that is just there and I can't get it out, I quickly write it down. I don't write down every detail, but I write down the topic. So if I need to go back and focus on that later, I can. If I have a to-do list or a lot of stuff on my agenda, I just simply write a list, put it upside down on my desk, and then I don't have to remember it anymore. It's on a piece of paper. The other thing about quieting your mind is we, we can quiet our mind. There's a beautiful scripture in Corinthians that says to take captive every thought that is, and I'm just going to say, distracting you from God. It might be worried thoughts. It might be any number of things. But God says to take it captive into the obedience of Christ. Anything that isn't in agreement with God, anything that is distracting you from God, we have the capability to take it captive. So in your handout, it says to learn to quiet your inner being. One thing I do if I'm really distracted or if I'm having a hard time putting my heart just 100% on God, is I'll ask for help. I ask God for help. And I actually ask Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, help me with this. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps me to tune into the voice of God. So I literally say, Holy Spirit, help me. Remove distractions from me and help me to go heart to heart to my Father without any junk in the way. That's a powerful prayer. And the next suggestion I have is to seek to seek, to get beyond your own thoughts, your own worries, your own concerns, your own emotions. God has a way better plan than my way. It might be a prayer of surrender, saying, God, I give up. I surrender. I need you. I declare I am dependent on you. And, and say, I choose, God, to get out of your way right now. So seek to get out of the way so that you can hear from God. The next two suggestions on, on your handout, number three and four, go hand in hand. So I'm going to talk about them together. In fact, I'm going to go to number four first. It says journal. Journal what you believe you're hearing from God. I'm going to go back to number three. But when you, when you sit down and you've quieted yourself, when you've tuned into the presence of God, I can't recommend journaling highly enough. And I know a lot of people, when you just use the word journal, they like turn and run the other way. I know when I was a teacher, when you told kids to get out their journal, some kids loved it and probably three quarters of the kids hated it. When it was writing time and really pouring out your heart on paper, probably three quarters of the kids hated it. And I don't know why, but that seems to be kind of a common denominator in humanity. But let me say this. It's got to be one of the devil's stupid lies. Because it's so powerful. It is so amazingly powerful to hear the word of God. So even if you're somebody that absolutely hates writing, you don't have to be a writer. You don't have to be a, 
anything. You don't have to be a good speller. You don't have to be anything. I am just giving you from heart, my heart to you. This is powerful. So get a journal, get a notebook, whatever you have, have it ready. Number three says to take time to pour out your heart to God. He's your father. He's your daddy. He wants to know your heart. It's okay if your heart is broken. He wants you to pour it out. It's okay if you're overwhelmed with life. He wants you to come to him and tell him about it. It's okay if you're in this, this mountaintop experience where you are so joy-filled, so excited. He wants you to tell him about it. Whether you're at the very, very high or the very, very low or anywhere in between, he loves it when we come and communicate with him in a very conversational way. Get your King James language out of there and run to your father like he's your daddy and he just wants to talk to you and share whatever it is that's on your heart. Now, that being said, I recommend, and I don't, I don't do this every day. I do this maybe once a week or, or maybe twice a week or whenever the Holy Spirit is prompting me. This isn't something I do on a, on a daily basis, although it would be great to do on a daily basis, but it does take time. So when God is just stirring in my heart, I get out my journal and I write what I'm crying out to God. I don't write it in great detail. Usually my, my words to God are maybe two or three sentences. Now my heart to God might be a book, but what I write down isn't that long, two or three sentences, but I do write it down. And then after I poured my heart out to God and I've written down what I'm, what's on my heart, I ask him a question. And that question is often very open-ended, something like this. God, what do you want me to know about this? Or God, what do you have for me today? Or I might have a specific question. Uh, it might be a question of, of direction or guidance. And if that's the case, I will ask him that question. For example, when Kent and I were... Um, debating whether to sell our house, downsize, sell our house, and build a new house. I had some big talks with God, and I wrote down in my journal, is this the time, God? Is this, is this the best, your best for us? So I asked for specific guidance at that time. But whatever it is, pour your heart out and then write to God, say, God, what do you have to say to me? Then, and this is what it says on your, on your handout, then, if you have a prayer language, pray in your prayer language. Pray in the Spirit. I pray in tongues. I get quiet. My heart is quiet. Because when you're praying in the Spirit, your mind gets out of the way. It's not about your thoughts. It's not about your intellect. It's about praying from spirit to spirit, from your spirit. To this, and, and the Holy Spirit joined with you to your Father. So I pray in the Spirit. I'm not paying attention to the words that are coming out of my mouth. Instead, I'm tuning in to God. I'm listening. I'm listening. I have poured out my heart. I have asked God, what do you have to say to me? And then I listen. In your handout, I shared with you three possible ways that he may respond. One is a spontaneous thought. I've already asked God, what do you have to say to me? 
And if a thought comes, I don't question whether it's God or not. I have asked him to show me. I've asked him, what do you have to say? So I trust that it is him, and I start writing that thought down. Usually, when I start writing, it starts flowing. And it's like, all of a sudden, I'm out of the way, and God is speaking through my pen. It's, it's hard to explain. I'm a writer, and when I write, I am, I, I am so careful how I craft my words and my sentences and everything, because I want it to be easily understood by the reader. But when God is speaking, I don't do that. I'm not worried about how those words sound. I just put my pen on the paper and I let, those, the, I let it flow. So that's a spontaneous thought. I call that hearing from God. The second way that God sometimes speaks to me is I see something. I see a picture. I, I see a memory. I have a memory. So I'm like, it's almost like a video snapshot of something that's happened to me in the past. He reminds me of something. Sometimes it's a, it's a, a, a scene. I had a, a picture this last week. I was in, um, out west with the kids, and I was meditating on a scripture. The scripture was about um, the word of God that is effective, that is powerful for those who believe it. And this is the picture he gave me. I saw a picture of a box, like a treasure box, and it had a keyhole. And, and I felt like God was saying, my promises are a treasure. They're a treasure, like in this box. And then he said to me, and your faith, your believing it, that's the key that opens it up and lets it out. And it was a simple picture. A box, a key, and me holding that, or a keyhole, and me holding the key and opening it up. So I saw that picture. I wasn't trying to see a picture. I was meditating on the word, and that picture just came to me. So what did I do? I wrote it down, and I drew it. And again, I, I always ask you to be um, gentle with my first grade artistry. But there's the box and the keyhole. There's the key. And I wrote a few words. I wrote, um, miracle working power. I should go in order. Um, meditation, intimacy with God and his promises. I meditated on the word first. And then... That's, it, that builds my faith, that's the key, that unlocks the box to the promises of God that results in miracle working power. And I went to God with it after I saw the picture, and I also wrote about it. Here's my little bit of writing that I wrote. It's just a few sentences. And then I said, Abba, what do you want me to know about this? What more do you want me to know? And this is what he said. He said, my love surrounds my word and your key of faith. My love shared with you and your heart shared with me. Intimacy is central to faith in my promise. Because I love, I bless, I heal, I save, I forgive, I pour out my power. That's what is new for you, Cindy, in this season of healing. You've grown in intimacy with me and with my living word. That's how he responded to me. So the picture that he gave me, I added the, the love. Because he said, this is, this is powerful, but this is the piece you're missing. It's all surrounded by my love. So that's just a picture of him speaking to me through words and through a picture. The third way that sometimes I hear from God is neither of those. It's simply sensing something. 
sometimes it's even hard to put in words. Maybe I sense his presence in a very um, tangible way. Or perhaps I sense, <laughs> that's even better than my ringtone. <laughs> that's okay. I already rang twice. It's okay. Maybe it's um, just uh, recently, I saw him like laughing. I just saw God laughing. And it was so cool. You know, like he had a sense of humor with whatever it was that I was crying out to him. He was just, he wasn't laughing at me. He was just filled with joy. So I write that down in my journal. So take time to pour out your heart to God. Pose some sort of a, a question or a comment. God, what do you want me to know? Get quiet. Pray in the spirit. And then the first thing that comes to you, it might not be a picture. That's okay. It might not be a feeling. That's okay. It might be nothing. That's okay. But if there is anything, write it down. And then number five, trust that it's him. Trust that it's God. I've learned through experience to trust that it's him. Usually when I read back through what I've written, I am overwhelmed. Like, I would never have thought of that. That's not even how I talk or how I think or how I write. And he's just proven himself to me over and over and over again. So trust that it is God. Number six, use peace as an umpire regarding God's direction for your life. So if you have asked for direction, if you have asked for guidance, in that one I wasn't asking for guidance, but if you have and you feel like he's giving you guidance, listen for peace. Again, press into God and see if you sense or feel his peace. And then use peace as an umpire. In Colossians, it says, Let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule. Act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. Let peace be your umpire. When, I, when Kent and I were um, making a decision about treatment, it was a very quick decision. I don't like making quick decisions. We were in Chicago, and um, the doctor recommended treatment and wanted to start it the next day. So we had a choice of following the doctor's protocol or waiting or saying no. And so we looked at each other, and it was like, um, can we have some time to think and to pray? So the doctor left, and we did. We prayed. We talked to God, and I thought I had peace, but I wasn't sure because there was a whole thing about condemnation, and that's from the devil. That's not from God, but the, I've told you about that before, so I'm not going to go there now, but I felt peace, but I was also feeling condemnation. Um, we did make the decision to go ahead with it. We went home, and then I did number seven. I, we didn't go home. We went to the hotel. And then I did number seven. I asked God for confirmation. It's okay to ask him for confirmation of his word or his direction. Then be tuned to listen into your confirmation. My confirmation came. I, I did something I'm going to recommend to you. After I thought I heard from God, after I thought I had peace, I asked two people who I highly esteem, who also hear from God, who know the truth of the word very deeply. I called two people. One of them was Pastor Fran Veers, 
and one of them was Marlene Klebs. I made two phone calls. I went back to the hotel room, and I made two phone calls. Marlene, Fran was very supportive, but Marlene spoke a prophetic word to me. At least it was prophetic to me. It might not sound like it when I read it, but it spoke loud. It was like God was speaking to me. And this is what she told me. She's, and it kind of surprised me, actually. She said, I agree with you 100% in your decision to take the medicine. I don't usually tell people that. When people tell me they're taking medicine or not, treatment or not, I, my typical response is, I come into agreement with you and with God. We're going to put Jesus as Lord, and I agree with you that God heals in many, many ways, this way or that way. That's how I typically respond. That's not what Marlene said. Marlene said to me, I agree with you 100% in your decision to take the medicine. And then she told me she was proud of me and that I am journeying well. That's what she spoke over me. That was a confirmation to me. And it just, it just verified that I had been hearing from God. And then he gave me a scripture. The scripture was one that was right in line with the one that he's been speaking to me all year, which says, don't be wise in your own eyes. But this particular scripture was a different one. I'm not even going to give it to you because I don't want anybody else to think that's their word. It was my word for that day. But he gave me the word from Marlene, and then he gave me a scripture. I had peace. I had the, um, the, the confirmation from Marlene, and then I had a scripture. And since then, I've made a choice. I'm not going to question it. I am not, when other people give me different points of view, I let it go in one ear and out the other because I have peace where I'm at. So that's how I hear from God. And then number eight, follow the leading. Follow the leading of God. So now we're going to take a shift into the practical application of what I'm sharing and I have three exercises. We probably won't have time to do only two of them, but I'm going to talk you through all three of them so you can do the third one at home. The first one is called interactive gratitude. This is so beautiful. This is just so beautiful. Remember I said one of the ways that we can um, put ourselves in that place of, of um, recognizing the presence of God is through gratitude. In this scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, or 16 through 19, God gives us three directions. Verse 16 says, rejoice always and delight in your faith. Do you believe God's promises? Yeah, you do. You guys wouldn't be here if you didn't believe about this amazing gift of healing that Jesus paid for. God says, rejoice in it. Get excited. Be happy. It's really good news. So that's the first one. Secondly, be unceasing and persistent in prayer. When, when we're doing this communication with God, that's prayer. That is exactly what we're doing. We're communicating with God, and we're not just talking to him. We're letting him talk to us as well. So be persistent and unceasing in prayer. The next verse, in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I believe all three of those statements are the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. Verse 19, 
do not quench or subdue or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the one that takes the voice of the Father and of the Son and makes it quiet, lovely, and perfectly clear. One of the ways that we can tune into the Spirit is through this thanksgiving or gratitude. I'm going to read you a couple of quotes from a book that Jenny gave me, Jenny Lacasse. It's a book about journaling. It's about two-way journaling. It goes really deep. If you really want to press into this, this amazing gift of journaling and talking back and forth with God, I recommend this book. Um, and this exercise that we're going to do is from the book. But listen to these two quotes. Gratitude opens us up to the presence of God. Gratitude is a password into our awareness of the presence of God. When we give thanks, gratitude becomes the vehicle through which we become aware of the presence of Emmanuel, God with us. So this is where we're going to start. And I, I'm going to read, I'm going to read my example, and then I'm going to give you the steps. And I can't doesn't know I was going to do this because I didn't do it last night. But after I read this, we're actually going to do it. This is what I wrote last night. And it wasn't me, it was God through me. Because the first thing we're going to do is we're going to ask God to show us our gratitude. Because every one of us have, are thankful for many, many things. You could just right now tell me 20 things you're thankful for. But we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is we're going to take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to help us remember a moment of gratitude. And then we're going to write it down. And then we're going to ask for God's response. So last night, I was at the prayer meeting, and I did this. I said, Holy Spirit, remind me of a moment of gratitude. Now, right now, my body is healing tremendously. Right now, God is walking with me in a way that I have never experienced. I have a lot to be grateful for, but that's not what he showed me. I have a new granddaughter on the way. It's a girl, by the way. Yay. I have so many things to be thankful for. That's not what he showed me. This is what he showed me. I am so, <laughs> have a hard time reading it. I am so grateful for Kent and his warm and loving compassion for me. How does he know when I need his arms around me, holding me close and secure? He stands with me through trials. I feel so much stronger with him at my side. He takes care of me when I'm not feeling my best. He cooks, he cleans up, he rubs my back. All of this is through this last season. Always gives me the best, the last of my favorite treats. <laughs> he makes me a better person. Thank you, Abba, for Kent, this amazing man you blessed me with. And then this is what I asked God. I said, Father, I have so much to be grateful for. Why did you bring this Thanksgiving to my heart today? What is it you want me to know? He said, Cindy, you are my bride. You love me so purely and so sweetly, and I love you. The best picture I can give you of my love for you is Kent's love. Always constant, always strong, always for you, 
never leaving or forsaking you, tender, safe, protective, strong, ever-present. My love flows to you through your husband. I love how you acknowledge my spiritual gifts to you. So that's what he spoke to me last night. So what we're going to do is two parts. The first part is to ask Holy Spirit to help you remember a moment of gratitude. It may be something very, very tiny. Trust God that that's what he wants you to write about. It might be something that is like the centerpiece of your life right now. Trust him that that's what he wants you to write about because it's not just about that gratitude. He wants to tell you more than that. So Kev's going to put on some very quiet piano music. If it's distracting to you, just raise your hand and we'll turn it off because sometimes music is distracting. I don't want it to be distracting. When we ask Holy Spirit to help us, take a moment to pray in the Spirit, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, quietly. And then the first thing that comes to you, the first thing that comes to you about a gratitude, start writing about it. Okay? Let's go ahead. Holy Spirit. If you're finished writing your gratitude, the next step is to ask Father God to respond to it. Hey, Father, what do you want me to know about this? Why is this what you, you, you know, showed me when I asked you to remind me of a moment of gratitude? And see what he responds. Go ahead and take a moment or a few minutes to, to let him respond to your gratitude. caught by surprise at what he had to say to you? No. Once you've written what you feel you know, that response was from God, the next thing that I highly recommend is to read back through what he said to you, what you wrote to him and what he said to you. That's usually when I'm overwhelmed his words, or with what he's sharing with me. And that's where I'm convinced that God's speaking to me, because it's not me. I know that that wouldn't be, I don't, it doesn't sound, like I said, it doesn't sound like me. It doesn't sound like my words. One thing that I do, if something comes to me and I don't have time to journal, I don't have time to write, I just jot down a note so that I remember to go back and seek God about it. I did that yesterday or the day before. And, and then I forgot what was on my heart. And it was like, God, you've got to bring it to my remembrance because I wrote just a little phrase. I needed to write a little bit more. But I wrote two things, and one of them I remembered, and the other one I didn't because sometimes two or three things will come to me at once, but I don't have time right then. So jot it down so you remember to go back and talk to God about it. He's so good. You know, he, he's very um, 
forgiving and gentle. Okay, I do want to go to the next, the next exercise, I think. It might be a kind of a long one, though. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk you through exercise two, and then we're going to go to exercise three. Exercise two. We've been talking many a lot over the last few weeks about the amazing living word of God and how the promises of God literally minister to us. It's medicine. His word is medicine. And this has become so alive in me during this season that I've been in. And I wanted to share with you what it looks like to commune with God about his word. It's not just his word speaking to you. It's his word speaking to you, and then you responding to his word, and then God responding to your heart. It's, it's a much longer um, uh, conversation, I guess, is the best word to use. So this is, these are uh, simple steps. Number one, talk to God about his written word. So if he highlights a scripture in your heart, if he highlights a scripture as you're reading, if he highlights a scripture that you've been meditating on, take time. Take time with that word. Write it down. If you could look through my journal, this is one of the main ways that I journal is writing down a scripture, but I don't write it the way it's in the Bible. I write it the way that he's telling it to me. So I put my name in that scripture. I put my circumstance in that scripture. I make it very personal. That's the first thing I do. Then many times there might be a word in that scripture that stands out to me. I highlight it. I, um, um, this is one, it's the, it's the scripture about Malachi. It, I mean, it's the scripture from Malachi that says, for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out on a pa- in the pasture. On the day when I ask or when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Oh boy, that scripture just was on fire. I caught on fire. I underlined a bunch of words. I started looking up words. Lord of heaven's armies. What, what name for God is that? I went and I researched it out. I looked up the word healing. It's the word marpe. I looked up, you guys have been hearing about that word a lot. I, I, God gave me a picture of the puffball. <laughs> I haven't told you that part of the story. Have you ever seen those little, I don't know what they are. I call them puffballs. It's some sort of a seed. And it, it's round and brown, and, and when you, they're, they're completely fragile. And when you step on them, they just go poof, and like dust comes out of them. Have you ever seen those things? Anyway, I call them puff off. Anyway, God showed me that that's exactly what's happening when I tread upon the wicked one as if they were dust under your feet. So I take a scripture like that. And I highlight the words. I look up the words. God gave me a picture of a puffball, so I drew it. Uh, Whatever he shows me, I just delve into that word. I meditate on that word. I write what I'm thinking about that word. If I read more to you, you would hear what that sounds like. I add color. I add simple artwork. That's step one. Step two is to ask God, God, what? 
do you want me to know? What more do you want me to know? Why did you highlight this scripture in my heart? Tell me more. And then let God respond to you. So it's taking meditation on his word another step further. Because his word is medicine. His word is alive and powerful. It's a beautiful way to let his word just take over. And, and like that box, you know, the promise that's in the box. It's a treasure, but until you unlock it, it's not going to do you any good. So take that word and let it be unlocked. So that's exercise two. The scriptures that are here, what if we had time, I was going to let you choose one of those scriptures or a different one to meditate on. But that's something you can do on your own during your prayer time. So let's go to the third one. Because I feel that this is where a lot of people ask me questions and they almost get stuck here. It's when they need to make a decision. It's when they're seeking guidance. And they don't quite know if they're hearing from God or not. So first thing I want to tell you is this is what Jesus did. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. He sought direction from his Father all the time. In his ministry, Jesus didn't heal everybody the same way. Everybody was healed differently. And I believe it's because he didn't just go and take action. First, he paid attention. He's tuned into his Father. He listened to his Father. The Bible says he only did what he saw his Father do, and he only said what he heard his Father say. And that was through the Holy Spirit revealing it to him. So if that's what Jesus did, I believe that that's what he wants us to do. So whatever journey of healing you're on, this is a healing class. Whatever journey of healing you're on, we can ask God for direction. We can ask God for a, a step to take or a way to move through our healing journey. And it might be just a little baby step. It might be a step for today, but next week it's something new or something added to that step. But in order to know that, we need to ask God and listen to him. Because every healing journey is different. My healing journey today is completely different than the healing journey I was on 19 years ago. I, I, everything's completely different about it. And both were amazing. Both are amazing. But they're different. I want to share with you some very simple examples of God speaking to me and me choosing to listen and to follow. And they're very short and simple. The first one was the first time that I was diagnosed with cancer. This is only one thing that I, that I heard and that I did. And that was, um, he showed me I had a heart of resentment towards my sister. You know that story already. But I heard him. He was, he was speaking to my heart. I had that deep, deep conviction. It took me a long time because I didn't know how to hear from God. But finally, after months of having that conviction, I asked him, <laughs> God, what are you trying to tell me? And that's when he showed me that deep resentment I was holding. As soon as he showed me, I took action. As soon as he showed me, I did something about it. As soon as he showed me, I went and talked to my sister. I forgave her. I let go of that resentment. And God helped us to heal our relationship and reconcile. That was, I believe, integral in my healing journey. Here's another example. Um, these are, I'm going to share two Kent examples. The first one was with kidney stones. He had kidney stones many years ago, probably 10 years ago. And they were so big he couldn't pass them. They were like, I don't know, five centimeters. They were huge, huge kidney stones. And he was in a lot, a lot, a lot of pain. And um, they, they couldn't, he couldn't pass them, so they did the thing where they break them up. I don't know what it's called. 
ultrasound, yeah. So they did that, that procedure. And so he went into the hospital to have that done. And God spoke to him through a nurse. Now, what the nurse spoke to him, Cindy had spoken to him many times. But he didn't listen to Cindy. But he listened to God because it wasn't the nurse. It was God. And I won't go through all the details because of time. But the bottom line was Kent never drank water. He drank Coca-Cola. He drank iced tea, sweetened iced tea at that time. And he didn't drink water. He didn't like water. He never drank water. And the way that this, this nurse spoke to him, it wasn't about him drinking water. She was sharing a testimony that God had, had done in her. And it had to do with drinking water. And it was about something different. It wasn't about kidney stones. But whatever it was, it settled in my husband's heart. And he came home and he started drinking water. We started out with a splash of cranberry juice in a big glass of ice water. And because he'd never drank water, it had no flavor, and he wasn't used to drinking water, so he needed a little bit of flavor. Now he doesn't need any flavor in his water. He just drinks water. But the bottom line is, he needed water. He has never had another kidney stone. His body needed water because his kidneys needed to filter out what it was supposed to do. And he has never had another kidney stone. But since that day, he has drank lots and lots and lots of water on a daily basis. But it wasn't, I, I, I tell you, it was a God incident. He heard from God that day. God heals different in different situations. Here's another one. Ken had both of his knees replaced one at a time, and he has brand new knees. God heals in lots of different ways. We see it as a gift from God. When we can go out west and hike on the mountains, when he can snow ski again, when he can bicycle for 20 miles at a time with no pain, when he can work all day on whatever he wants to work on, he has no pain in his knees. Believe me, we're, we're giving God glory and we're praising God for the miracle of his new knees. Well, about a year or so after he had the second knee surgery, we were um, doing a, a quick road trip to help our daughter on one of her many moves. We've done that lots of times. And we were uh, stopped at a gas station to get gas. And we, when we stepped out of the car, he had a crazy amount of pain in his new knee. He could put zero weight on it. It didn't make sense. When he got into the truck, he had no pain. When he got out at the gas station, he couldn't put one ounce of weight on it. We didn't know why. And it kind of scared him, I think, because he thought, did I do something to mess up my knee or whatever? So anyway, we got back in the truck, and I started praying. And I started to do what I typically do, which is speak to the mountain and tell the pain to go and do all of that. But God spoke to my heart. And he said, laugh at the devil. Now, you guys who know me know that's not typical for me. But he spoke to me, and I was going to listen and follow his, what he told me. So I told Ken, I said, Ken, I feel like God just told us to laugh at the devil. So Ken always listens, you know, and, and, and heeds when, when he thinks, when I think that I've heard from God. He says, okay, let's laugh at the devil then. So we're driving down the road laughing at the devil and saying, you stupid devil. And you know, when you're hurting and when you're in a, a crisis, you don't feel like laughing. So you have to force it. So we were forcing this, this weird laugh, but we were doing what God told us to do. And we were laughing at the devil and we were telling him, you stupid devil, he has new knees. He's had miracles in those knees. They're good knees. All is well, all is well. So devil, you're stupid and we're just going to laugh at you. This is a joke, you know? Anyway, we did whatever. We laughed at the devil, and 
his knee immediately began to improve. And within a day or two, it was 100% again. We don't, we don't know what the cause was, but we think it was a spiritual attack, not a physical attack. Um, and the enemy was trying to steal, you know, what God had blessed him with. So anyway, the point I'm making, we hear from God, follow what God says, and it leads to healing. I'm going to share one more example, and this is me today. This is our current situation. You know right now that God placed on my heart to share this journey, this journey that we're on. I've never done this before. I've been in the ministry of healing for 19 years. Well, I've been healed for 19 years, so we've been ministering healing for about 17 years. And I have never shared anything I'm going through until we have the testimony. And then I shared the testimony. But God really spoke clearly to me that he wanted me to share through the journey. And so he started speaking that to me in about November. And I've got lots of stuff in this journal about it. But in December, I said yes to him. And I'm going to read that journal um, um, article. I, I wrote it on my I typed it up so I didn't have to find it in here. It was on December 26th, and I wrote to God. I said, Beloved Father, I believe you're moving within me and stirring me to share my story with your people before I have my completed healing. I feel my journey is actually my testimony. I will teach and share how to journey well, both in my teaching and in my next book. So this day, I say yes to you. And I put my trust in you to guide me and anoint me to carry your revelation of truth to my sphere of influence. And then I said, Father, what do you want me? What, what do you, how do you want to respond? And this is what, he, this is what I felt. This is, this is what I wrote. Cindy, you are an awakener of others. As they witness what I'm doing in your life, many will see me and trust me. Your surrendered life will awaken others. Your story will ignite passionate faith in the hearts of others. The shadow of my power will rest upon you. I will immerse you in the realm of my glory until all that is seen in you is my splendor. That's, that's overwhelming. That's overwhelming. And I trust him. I trust him that somehow, some way, the anointing of God, the anointing of the Spirit, because he, I, I, very strongly feel that he's told me to do this. And I feel that if he told me to, it's because the Holy Spirit's going to use it for, for others' journey. And that's my prayer. And that's my heart. And my heart is to point people to Jesus and not to me. That's the one thing that has been holding me back. Or not holding me back, because I'm still giving, you know, what he's showing me. But I feel like I don't want it to be pointing to myself. I want to be pointing to Jesus and what he's showing me. So here I am, guys, sharing how he's speaking to me because I know that it's not for me. It's for you, too. It's for you, too, for him to give you direction on your journey. So the third exercise, we're not going to take time to do it now because we're going to pray, but let me give you the steps. Number one. Write down your thoughts regarding your need. So where is it? What is it you're seeking God for? Is it a decision you need to make about whether to go to the doctor and have that checked or not? Is it a decision about um, is a supplement to take or an alternative medicine or a diet or something that you feel God is directing you towards? 
is it is it something in your soul like like it was with me in my first journey where God is speaking to you about maybe a stronghold that has a that has a hold of you and maybe is hindering you from receiving everything he has whatever it is God wants you to bring it to him and ask him God what do I do how do I do this What's, what juncture do I take? Do I go left or do I go right? Do I stand still and do nothing? Do I, not nothing, do I wait in this position of rest? That's what God is speaking to Lisa right now. But pour it out to God. It's okay to voice your concern, your questions, your feelings. One of the things you might want to do is write a list a long list. It might be a laundry list. God doesn't care. Write a laundry list and say, God, look at this and this and this and this and this. And it doesn't all have to be physical things. It might be the financial things. It might be the, the, um, the, the people that are like expecting you to do this or that or the next thing. Because relationships can be kind of hard to deal with during a healing journey. Whatever it is, take it all to God. If you have a why in the road, and you need to make a decision about, like I did, um, medicine or no medicine in my case, or medicine or weight. Put both of those out there. Say, God, which one do I do? How do I know what, where to go? Do I do this juncture or do I do this juncture? Put it all out there. Write it down. And then say, God, speak to me. I'm listening. Get quiet, pray in the spirit, and seek his voice. The first thing, I'm very, very, um, you know me, I'm childlike. The first thing that comes to me, I believe it's him. So I start writing it down. Because you can second guess yourself. If you say, is that in here, is that God? Or that's just what I want, or that's the easiest or whatever. Our brains get in the way. So this is Cindy. The first thing that I hear, that's what I start journaling. Step two, we're in the midst of steps two. Step three, read your journal back. Let it sink in. Trust your hearing from God. And if this is a direction you're seeking or guidance you're seeking, it's okay to ask for confirmation. It's okay. You may also consider sharing what you feel that you heard with a trustworthy friend who is sensitive to the truth and to the voice of God. That's what I did when I went to Pastor Fran and Marlene. It's okay to do that. If you feel, if you go home and you spend time with God and you want to call me, if you want to call somebody on our ministry team, it's okay to do that and to let us hear what you feel like you've heard. And then depend on God. Follow his voice. That same scripture, John 10, verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So when you hear his voice, follow his voice. I am asking you to give God time, to give him a chance to speak to you. 
about a year and a half ago, God told me, he said, Cindy, put me on your calendar. That kind of hurt my feelings. Like, God, you're on my calendar every single day. But that's not what he meant. So I'm asking you today to put God on your calendar for journaling. And I don't mean every day. Look at your calendar. That's what I did. I got a busy calendar. And I found days when I had a chunk of time. So look at your calendar. Find a day, maybe one day a week, maybe one day every other week. But put it on your calendar and say, journaling with God. And then take time, because it does take time. And let this grow in you. Let this, this, this gift of communication with God grow in you, because that's what it is. Father, I love you so much. And I am head over heels in awe of you and how you have been directing my path and making it straight and smooth on my healing journey. Father, I know that's your will for every one of your kids. You're a good, good father. Father, I pray that every one of us is simply, simply in tune with you. We don't have to work at it. We don't have to be superstars. We don't have to be uh, like holy rollers or preachers or, or theologians. No. We just need to be little kids listening to our daddy. Father, may we all come to you like that, like little children, knowing that you love us and that you're there to take care of us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay.